Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hear this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm. LifeRadio.fm. Ye old Mark and Mac Show. I had to get it out of the way right, right away. Man. Out of the gate, yes. man. <laughs> I I had it written down like yield and let's see, singing his song side by side. And yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> Such is life, man. I remember we we were to the we would do the uh, the Mark and Mac revival tour, and um, you know how you get into this sort of it's just just a reflex thing. It's something you say. You pick up the microphone, and the first things out of your mouth is something. And I got into this routine of saying, "So are we having fun yet?" And yeah. <laughs> You're sitting like on the front pew saying, you know, you always say that. Yeah. You ready for me to just say no, no, I'm ready to go home. Dude, I remember doing a thing uh, at an, it's so funny. I did a, I spoke to so many different groups over the years and um, I spoke to a middle school, Joey Hutto's wife. Okay. Joey Hutto was Sound Solutions in mm. Oxford, Alabama. Who uh-huh. um, just was, it is phenomenal he's yeah, just he is. a godly man yeah. a good man but his wife was teaching at a high school or middle school or whatever and they asked me to come and speak to a junior high group now junior high group is not a good group for anybody <laughs> to talk to ever <laughs> because i look out there and there's a kid like me and he just is funny mm-hmm. and he's gonna blister whoever's speaking <laughs> and i ran into one of those oh well it's easy pickens and when you're the uh when you're in junior high and you've got somebody that's 40 ish at the time and a family man you know the junior high kid gets to pick on that because mm-hmm. basically you're his dad yeah. you're his dad's age and so he now gets to pick on you with all the things he wants to make fun of his dad for <laughs> oh my gosh bullseye time this kid nailed me all i mean dude normally a 15 20 minute hey here we are blah 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 mm-hmm. and it was I almost cried. I mean, that kid, I mean, I, no, I'm kidding. I didn't. I just, I will be honest with you that there was a time when, in, when I actually got silent because all I could think of was the comebacks I used on stage as a standup. And I thought, no, you know, no, 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 you can't you know, do that. No, I can't use any of those words, much less the tone, but you know, so, so in essence, you're on the stage and Don Rickles is in the audience. Nope, it was mini me. Not as good as Don Rickles. Yeah, yeah, not nearly as good, but just as bad because he had all of his friends there egging him on. Finally, finally, I did say, you know, you know, buddy, I I think you're hilarious, and I'm sure you're going to have a great time, you know, digging ditches the rest of your life. But this moment where you're knocking the guest speaker, good for you. I now understand why we hear about people being cut up and shoved into the trunks of cars. (laughs) And that was it. They all laughed. He cried. I was like, I was done. You know? So, I mean, I won the, I won the battle. I won the war, but that kid beat me every battle for 15 minutes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, he mocked you pretty hard too, but you weren't there to defend yourself. And <laughs> it was just, I don't think he really knew who we were, you know, it's just because <laughs> that's funny. He, if not, if he did know who we are, he feels bad about it to this day and is begging for forgiveness. I, he can't forgive himself. That's how bad this was, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad day at Black Rock. Bless his heart. Yeah. He was funny, though. That was the thing. Because I couldn't even get offended because I kept looking and going, I don't know if I would have had the guts to say that when I was his age. And I, oh, yeah, when I was his age, I did. I didn't realize how bad it was. 
and now i'm thinking back oh my gosh you know oh man yeah you know what's sad is that i remember when i was in high school uh we had some local radio per- personality come who was the like the MC for some program mm-hmm. and I was involved. You, you were in theater. I got involved in the music end of things. Mm-hmm. So I was in a, I was in a, a choir and little, in the little vocal groups that split off of choirs and things like that. And I was in, in that kind of stuff. And but before you continue, I have yeah. to say something. Yeah. I was in theater, but I was also an athlete. Yes, okay. Yes, so just, gotcha. just so we're not laying it all out there oh, that hey, I was over second. doing the flip. Wait, you know. what do you, what do you wait? Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Are you saying that I wasn't in, an I'm saying because I, I wasn't I, a drama dork. Okay. okay fine. There you go. Yeah, I wasn't well. a flipper. I wasn't doing, I was Listen. actually playing sports and would actually go. I actually went and played a baseball game in my stage makeup one time, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. I really did. Yeah, I got mocked for that one pretty good, too. <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, you think I, Divine was yeah. cool in drag? Yeah. I was Divine before Divine was cool. Yeah, but I was the mocker. So I, uh-huh. I, I was the guy. I was the guy. So in you the were audience. mocking the other people I, in the band? No, I was the guy oh. in the audience mocking the radio guy. Who was the, oh, bless your heart! I was that kid. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. That's the thing. <laughs> no wonder we wound yes. up doing this together. Yep. And I'm hoping that kid's digging a big... As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm calling to find out. I need a field line dug for my septic system. I'm calling that kid. I'm going to find him. Come here and dig my ditch. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and... uh, you know, Mark, I realized just a few minutes ago, you and I both really drifted back. <laughs> it's like, is today Wednesday or yes. are we back in 1985? <laughs> no, it's, it's Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Could be a Wednesday in 85. Wow. Goodness. Did you ever think you were going to get this old, Mark? Did you no. Did you ever consider it? Um, I, it's one of those things that you, I think you, you know it's going to happen, but you don't ever think about it happening. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. I didn't. I yeah. actually, yes, because I look like my mom. Okay. And <laughs> in in I mean, you know what I mean? And I look like my mom's side of the family. I got you. And, yeah. but, and they all die young. So mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I, I'm mean, only the good die young Billy Joel. I thought, yeah. you know what? I'm going to just go after it and <laughs> I won't worry, you know? Yeah. And you wake up and go, I should have worried. I should have thought about this. You know, it's that old, I really should have taken better care of myself. Thing. Yeah. Like Mickey Mantle at his retirement yeah. says, yeah. you know, if I'd have known I was going to play this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I think about that every day. <laughs> I do too, but you know, it's like you, you go, well, mm. not that I wanted to die or oh, anything, no, you know, no. it wasn't that, but no, I it's did. just weird. I, they, the thing about being young is you, 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 you never think about that. You're 10 feet tall. You're bulletproof. Nothing had happened to you, which is why you do dumb things when you're young. You know, you just don't think about mortality. You just don't. I but, did. I thought about it a lot. I just didn't think I was going to live long. No, I, no, I don't. I, not me. I mean, and, and I know a lot of people, they drove, drove fast cars, uh, mm-hmm. rode motorcycles, did crazy stuff. They just never think about the possibility yeah. of what could happen. And then one day they're mowing their grass and flip a lawnmower. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I thought we were going to be uh, going to the, I, I was wondering what I was going to say at your funeral. You know, that was what I was actually on to. And went, ah, I better not. I won't plan that out. And yeah. this, this past Saturday I was mowing again thinking, nope, not going there. You know, <laughs> not going back to that same spot again. And I got into a situation where I just, I, I had almost exactly the same thing happen. I actually popped the front wheels of the mower off of the ground again, <laughs> again, but wow. it was just a little bump 
<laughs> okay, uh-huh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. After I get through with this, I'm going to go inside and not come out again for a week. You know. There you go. <laughs> now you, you do realize when you're racing lawnmowers, you know, having a lawnmower race, you take the blades off. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm thinking we might ought to do that for you if you're going to be riding around the yard. We'll just take the blades off and you can pretend if that makes you feel better. Leave Mark alone. He thinks he's mowing the grass. Exactly. You know, and we'll hire the kid down the street. Well, if there was a kid down the street that would mow it, you no. know, but they don't exist anymore. No, they're not. I wonder what would Mr. Unger have done about now, you know, if, because I I was that kid mowing everybody's yard, you know. Uh-oh. And I don't have them. I, I actually see the trucks riding through my neighborhood, you know, mm. with all the, the, the equipment on them. Yeah, and I'm wondering, yeah. you know, I know there's kids that live in this neighborhood. You don't see them like you right. did when we were growing up, yeah. but I know they exist. Yeah. And I'm wondering if the parents are the ones who say, no, you can't go do that. No, you can't earn your own money. Well, I see the same thing. Uh, our next door neighbor to the to the right of us, she's been having her yard done by this crew for as long as we've lived here right. in this area. And then, yeah. and then the, the guy across the street from her, across the, on the corner from us, uh, I noticed the same crew. They just bring, yeah. you know, the guys split up and some of them yeah. hit her yard and now some are hitting mm-hmm. his yard. And I'm wow. thinking... How can I be next? <laughs> you walk over and say, give me a card or a number. <laughs> Thanks. Right. You know, it's funny. Remember, we mentioned Joey Hutto a little bit mm-hmm, ago. And yeah. one of the guys that worked for him um, was a, a church friend, somebody they met in church. And they partnered. You know, the guy ended up working for him, doing a lot of the work. Like he did a lot of the revival tours with mm-hmm. us. His name is escaping me right now. And I am so sorry. But he actually owned a landscape business. And it was a landscaping business. So by name. But in reality, it was a lawn mowing and, you know, weed eating company. Right. And that's what he did. And in Alabama, you know, you can do that from April through October pretty mm-hmm. much. And so he would do stuff for Joey either at night when he could during season or, you know, between November and uh, March. Yeah. And that I actually talked to him one day about it. And he was like, dude, I, I was working at, you know, whatever business. And I had an office. I, I didn't I didn't like working in the office. Mm. I started mowing yards. One thing led to another. Now I've got X number of yards and I make more money than I did when I was in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, had, think, a next, I had a next door neighbor when we lived over in Trustful. The guy lived right next door. I used to, I, I taught him how to sharpen a lawnmower blade. Okay. Oh, wow. Cause he was, he was watching me. He came yeah, over. That's to, not the one that killed his wife with a lawnmower. No, blade, no, okay. that's not the or a that's sling a, blade. <laughs> no, no. But this is, but uh, so he comes over to ask me something one day and I'm sharpening my lawnmower blade. He says, wow, this, that's how you do that. <laughs> so I showed him how to, how to do it. And uh, the next thing I know, about a year later, he's got a truck with a trailer and a bunch of guys and he wow. started his own lawnmower, lawn mowing business. Man. And, and uh, he told me at one point, yeah, the key is to get businesses is to get like right. office buildings. And that's yeah. the thing. If you can get a bunch of office buildings you go and you spend you know you spend an hour at each place and you're just blowing leaves and straightening things and you might put out some pine straw here and there and you're just you know that's what you do and it's not like the doing people's yards it's yeah that was the key was to do office buildings and he seemed mm. to be doing pretty well uh, until the day i looked outside and saw the fbi vans parked in front of his house <laughs> so, <laughs> so the cover story was yeah. we're mowing yards the other I story just, was yeah. this is walter white jr okay <laughs> all gotcha. i know is they were carrying computers and stuff out of his house i don't want to know anymore liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show hey by the way we've got a daily podcast that mark puts together every day that uh, you can find where uh, where your regular podcasts are sold i guess <laughs> that's a good way to put it a little disclaimer yeah. you know wherever you uh find fine podcasts you'll find ours
as heard on radio yes. instead of as seen on TV, you know? <laughs> well, actually, that's pretty accurate because what it is is it's like, uh, you know, the condensed orange juice, the concentrated orange juice? Yeah. That's our podcast. It's everything. There you go. Put up on it. It's just our segments in the can. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, it was funny because I had a, a number of people asked questions about what we're doing. And, you know, the one thing I try to explain is do not overcomplicate this. It really is simple. Mm. Download the app for Life Radio. Yeah. And there you go. LifeRadio.fm. Download the app and you've got everything you possibly want and more. And it, you can actually listen to it in the background on your, you know, on your phone or oh, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't affect your ability to do whatever, which messes me up from time to time. Got to be honest. At first it did. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, wait a minute. What? Where's that coming from? Why? Stop. Stop. What is playing in the background? Yeah. So anyway, um, Mm. a lot of activity happening uh, in in the world of news. And when a headline screams, Washington man steals school bus. Mm. My first thought is, what? Was it? How big? Are we talking the big one? A short one? Automatic stick? What are we talking about here? Because school buses come in all shapes and sizes. I think all that matters is that somebody stole a school bus, period. I think that's the thing. A Washington man wearing a yellow dress oh, okay. was arrested yeah. after he stole a school bus and later drove a front-end loader construction vehicle through the home he shared with his estranged wife. So he's um, angry he didn't qualify for the Olympics is what it really amounts to. <laughs> a man... There's a man wearing a yellow dress, mad at his wife. I'm thinking the wife might be mad because the yellow dress looks better on him than her. I'm thinking he didn't qualify for weightlifting. Deputies were first alerted to the man, later identified. She retired, as, by the way. As, as 39. Or it retired, whatever it was. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I saw the stories. Yeah. Anyway, this uh, the. The man, who was later identified as 39-year-old Andrew S. Loudon, Saturday night, uh, uh, he was ar- they were alerted to the guy after employees of Osprey Rafting witnessed him driving off in the company's privately owned large yellow bus. Okay. Um, so this is one of those buses they take you upriver. You know, they take you upriver and then let you go in the in the it or they come get you downriver or something like that in the bus after you've done some rafting. It's the, it's their bus. Responding deputies load, located the bus, spotted it running through a red light. The driver refused to pull over when deputies tried to initiate a traffic stop. Deputies said Loudon allegedly um, uh, deputies were forced to give up the, cl- uh, the chase due to Washington State's new police reform laws. Those laws no longer allow law enforcement to pursue a fleeing vehicle unless there is a probable cause that a serious uh, felony has occurred. Douglas County deputies took up the pursuit through the city limits of Wenatchee, but also had to abandon the chase in accordance with the same laws. On Sunday, the sheriff's office was notified that the man believed to be the driver had been taken into custody in Chelawa. The suspect appeared to be wearing the same yellow dress. Police in Loudoun said uh, had uh, said a uh, Loudoun. Wait a minute. They said Loudoun. <laughs> Why are my eyes and brain not connected? Police said Loudon had stolen a front end loader and he drove it through his home. When he when his estranged wife learned her husband might be nearby, she took off. She fled. <laughs> Authorities shared photos that show the heavy equipment sitting in front of his partially collapsed home. It appeared a car was also flipped into the house. He'd used the front end loader and flipped a car into the house as well. Authorities said uh, Mr. Loudon had been released Saturday morning from a Western from Western State Hospital. That's a psychiatric facility. 
He, alleg- <laughs> he allegedly stole the school bus in Leavenworth and abandoned it near Moses Lake in Grand County before making his way to Spokane and then to Chilliwa. He was charged with theft of a motor vehicle, possession of a stolen vehicle, first degree malicious mischief, domestic violence, and attempting to elude a police vehicle. I don't see any charge about dude wearing a yellow dress. I'm a little frustrated at that, Mark. Or poor fashion choices, yes. Yeah. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, Mark, we have, you and I have talked about COVID and different things off the air. We haven't spent a lot of time on the air with it no. because um, mainly, look, we assume and I think rightly so that y'all are intelligent human beings and can decide for yourself what all of this is when it comes to a so-called virus yeah. um, and the so-called vaccine. Okay. Just saying that whenever I'm going to be honest, when, when I see a, I'm supposed to get a vaccine because the government tells me to do it. Right. Hmm, yeah. I'm already questioning things, but then when I see the very people championing the vaccine, getting the vaccine and then getting whatever it was they were vaccinated you know mm-hmm. i have a little bit of a problem there because yeah. it either works or it doesn't and apparently it you know didn't work for you but you're still telling me to do it but anyway i, I digress odd. i just think that i i'll say this and just leave it to leave it be it's i think it's just all political and at some point between now and next november they'll start blaming donald trump for it yeah well there and but yeah. my other part on this mark is because when I found out that on average over 40,000 Americans die every year from the flu, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, so with this COVID coming in as a different thing, one would assume that since every year since we started keeping records, 40,000 people died of the flu slash influenza, that we would still have people dying from the flu slash influenza at the same yeah. rate as yeah. years past, even though COVID now has killed more. So, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thinking. And yet that's not the case. Yeah. No, there haven't been any deaths with flu slash influenza. Yeah. That makes no mathematical sense it doesn't. whatsoever. It so it really doesn't. It's like, anyhow, I posted a little thing on my, my personal Facebook page the other day, and I'm not one of these guys who has a zillion friends. So really it's just my friends and people I know who follow, you know, I'm with on Facebook and I posted this. It's just a little bit of perspective. 1,638 people die of cancer every day. That's 1,638 people. That's a bunch of people. On average, 474 Americans die every day from accidents, unintentional injuries. The seven-day average for COVID deaths is 362, according to the New York Times. Yesterday, 63 people died from COVID. 63. 1,638 people every day die of cancer. 63 people died from COVID. What's on the top of the news? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Fear-mongering news media and the politicians are focused on the scary new case numbers, hoping yeah. you won't notice that most of those cases will be mild, and yeah. nearly ninety-nine percent of those cases will be survivors. And there you go. Meanwhile, back at the ranch to defeat the Delta variant, <laughs> experts are recommending doing all the things that didn't work the first time. Yeah, Mark, please it, share with me it's, what this is. It's news from the Babylon Bee. All right now. Yes, you were going to say. Yes. No. Okay. The de- to defeat the massive, scary, definitely world-ending wave of COVID being driven by the Delta variant of the deadly, frightening disease you should remain afraid of for the rest of your life, experts are recommending we try all the things that 
didn't work the first time. From wearing masks and social distancing to locking everyone down and destroying the economy, experts are all suggesting that we just try the same things we did last time that didn't work at all. Quote, we're going to lock down, wear masks, and social distance, all of which didn't work, but hey, it's worth trying again, said Dr. Anthony Fauci in a television interview this morning. He goes on to say, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. That's what they taught us in science school. Look at my lab coat. It's white. Do you like it? It has pockets. The television anchor then assured Dr. Fauci that his pockets were very nice, and he said, thanks. I also have a heartbeat thingy this year. I like to breathe on it to warm it up. Makes me look official and doctory and whatnot. At publishing time, experts had clarified that while we're going to be doing the same things that didn't work over and over again, we're going to be doing them harder this time. Which, the definition of insanity... Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But I'm Thank but you. Qualify what the Babylon Bee is, Mark. It's please. a satire. For those who don't know. Yeah, the Babylon Bee is a satire site, and it is so good at what it does that it gets censored by Facebook and Twitter on a regular basis. <laughs> and it's a joke. It's man. all a joke. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Cruising along, singing a song, because I had to get it in there. Uh, don't forget the daily podcast, uh, liferadio.fm, uh, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing you're not going to find, um, okay, I can't even say that. I was going to say you're not going to find ridiculous, um, but you know what? <laughs> There's this show. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I tried to, I was thinking of something else and it just kind of all came forward and went, Dave, no, just don't we'll, go there. <laughs> well, no, because we'll do a story and it's like now, okay, there are things that I, that were just funny to me that I used to say mm. that I won't say anymore. And it's not that I find them any less funny. It's yeah. just, you know, it's not worth the fight, but uh-huh. Mark, I, at a, I've told you about the two tons of fun shows I watch on yes. like, I don't know, TLC or Discovery or whatever channel. I think they all have one now, the fat show. It's these, mm-hmm. you know, it's morbidly obese individuals who are, you know, it's a, they're trying to lose weight so they can get weight loss surgery. Okay. And I know yeah. that sounds funny, but well, the whole idea is you have to change what, you know, your eating habit right before they do the surgery, because if it doesn't change, the eating surgery is not going to help, right. you know, yeah. you're going to end up being the same as you are now only now all back on again yeah and so i understand that and i having watched the show um i'm now a little hypersensitive to weight and what people go through when they shop and so yesterday uh, last evening had to run to the store and pick up something and there was a a woman um she wouldn't she wasn't big enough to qualify for the show oh okay but she was close i mean yeah real close Matter of fact, if I had a scale, you know, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer. If I had a scale, I'd weigh her in the morning. What I was thinking is if she had a beeper, you'd think she was backing up. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. At any rate, what I normally would have done, I would have just gone on about my merry way and would not have thought two things about it for real. Because I, you, just like you, I'm sure we were taught not to look at people who look different than us. Right. You know, when we were growing up, it's like you don't. You know, you you just move on. You know, don't stare. It's not polite. Don't stare. Right. <laughs> and so, so, like that guy but, in the TV commercial. We all see it. We all yeah. see it. <laughs> but watching, you know, now watching the show, I'm really sensitive. And I thought because I've seen the show, I know some of the struggles they go through. You know, yeah. being that large, and I wanted to offer help because she was having trouble. But I thought, 
there's not any way I can offer help without offending this woman, you know? Mm-mm. And on top of that, the only help I'm thinking of is, you know, making her go faster. You know, she's in my way. And I thought, well, I could offer to push the car, you know? But anyway, it was... <laughs> See, I knew that was going to come out and sound bad. But... <laughs> Now we know why Dave never goes to Walmart. <laughs> no. Every aisle is this way. I was like, come on, really? Would you just knock that can of Crisco on the floor and roll around in it if I can get by you, would you? Oh, there Help, we go. I've fallen and I can't get up. I'm mermaid dancing. That's what I'm doing. Welcome to the slippery slope. Horizontal jogging. That's what I'm doing. Horizontal jogging. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but all I can think of is I want to help, but there's not a thing in the world I can do, you know, that's good. And so I bided my time for a little while and I found myself breathing heavy, you know, <sighs> and then I realized, you know, she can't tell the difference between me breathing heavy and her oxygen breathing for her. So I lost that too. <laughs> And now I just realized I got so frustrated I left the store and didn't buy the coffee I needed. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> I don't know who to feel sorry for sorry for you or <laughs> me because of all the email I'll have to answer today. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say anything out loud to her. Oh no. <laughs> that she could hear. <laughs> oh, oh man. I <laughs> I don't know why it is that that happens, but it happens every time I go. It happens every time you go. Every time my wife goes, you run up on somebody in the aisle. And it doesn't matter what store you're in, and they are. I'm sorry. In the in the in the in the words of Pee Wee Herman, they're a large marge. You know what I mean? They're on a scooter. They're on a scooter, a scooter or something, or they've pushed their buggy off to one side and they're standing in the other side of the aisle and they're blocking the whole aisle. And you say, I'm sorry, can I get by you? And then they look at you like you've just, Mm -hmm. yep. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) What did I say? I said, excuse me. What? (laughs) Yeah. And they're thinking, you know, I said, excuse me. and I can't blame the dog. It's not me. It's you. Yeah. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know uh we did mention that the podcast is available um on the website you've got the daily bible study or bible reading whatever you however you want to look mm. at it um lots of cool stuff oh. we, we just appreciate y'all being a part one we've also got the uh, weekly newsletter that we put out oh once yeah a week yeah forgot about sorry that. yep sign up for that thing i just forgot um, about it you, you know i it's funny i do it every friday i put a little something together every friday and i think that's when he remembers it like, oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's sunday <gasps> oh no uh, oops <laughs> all right so mark um i don't know why we have so many snake stories these days but there have been a lot and you know the very first time i ever heard a snake referred to as mr no shoulders it was you and i'd never heard that before and it's not that i'm afraid of snakes it's just i don't know which snakes are poisonous you know and you see some that look like oh that's got to be a killer and you find out that you know they don't they're not you know and a lot of snakes are good to have Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they right. are. Yeah, they keep down pests, rice, yeah. uh, mice, and rats, and things like that. And there's some that look exactly. There's some non-poisonous snakes that look almost exactly like poisonous snakes. Mm, so, right. So, and you're gonna know the difference yeah. in a moment when you're shrieking like a six-year-old girl. <laughs> you look you down. Know, on Halloween. You feel something crawl across your foot, yeah. and you look mm-hmm. down. Is that really? Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like the only way I'm going to know is after I examine the corpse, you know? <laughs> so, well, anyway. Yeah, like Indiana Jones said. Snakes. <laughs> Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> Show a little backbone, Indy. <laughs> oh, and there was also this one. I hate snakes, sucked. I hate them. <laughs> Say rope. <laughs> the operator of a private bus service in British Columbia is trying to find the owner of an unusual piece of left-behind property. A pet snake. Michael Hmm. Hathaway, who operates Mountain Man Mike's bus service, Mountain Man Mike's, (laughs) Hmm. which operates along Highway 3 in the southern interior of British Columbia, said he was doing maintenance work on one of his buses Friday when he came across an orange and white snake in the heating system of the bus. Hathaway said the bus had recently traveled from Vancouver to Caslow. He, had, he, he said he initially thought the snake was a child's toy that had been left behind by somebody on the trip. He says, at first I thought someone left it as, left it as a joke, you know, like snakes on a plane. But when I poked it, it came to life. Uh-huh. Hathaway said he was concerned about the well-being of the reptile, which he later determined was a corn snake. That's a popular species kept as pets. He said, I was worried it was injured. Also, the bus was parked in a parking lot for around 16 hours with all the windows sealed. So it was about 120 degrees in that bus. Worried that it was injured. Hmm. <laughs> not the first thing well, that would come to mind for me. I, probably not you either. <laughs> no, I, I'm i just thinking, I'm not poking something that might be a toy, you know? <laughs> so obviously it looked real enough that he's poking yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I'm i just saying, Mark, I don't know enough about snakes, and I know I probably have killed the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fear is fear. You know, I mean, <laughs> worried the snake was injured. I'd be worried about be myself being injured from from the re- this to the reflex jerk. Oh, and you slam yourself into whatever you're under at the time. I'd still have a sore throat from screaming. And, you know, <laughs> my- well, it's a good thing it happened in Canada. If it happened in Thailand, that snake would have been a tasty snack. You know, snake on a stick. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, I've debated whether or not to ask you this. Oh, no. No, I'm just curious, but I, I don't know if I really want to go down the path, you know? But I will. <laughs> okay, great. Would you wear a mask as a fashion statement, or would you wear something, you know, like, if they, you know, mask up mm. and make us all have to wear a mask regardless of your vaccination status, okay? You have to start wearing a mask again. Hmm. Have you given it the thought, like, are you going to do it for style? Are you going to do it just the plain Jane look, you know, the throwaway ones? Are you going to go cloth with, like, daggers and fangs and stuff like that? Have you thought about what you could do with that? Because you know they've got one that says John 316 on it because they, you know, it's like the guy with the, you know, wig in the outfield, you know, hold <laughs> the guy up the in sign. the end zone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just curious. Have you given that any kind of thought? And uh, I, You use the term as a fashion statement. Yes. Um. No, I, okay. I, <laughs> I, I have seen one that I really think I like a lot. That's not uh-huh. a fashion statement. It's just a statement. 
Yeah. It's got, uh, uh, instead of John three sixteen, it says something like this mask is useless. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I I'd, love it. I'd like to have that. And I actually, yeah. at one oh, point funny. before, before it all rolled off and everybody was like, Oh, we can stop wearing masks and everybody yeah. stopped wearing masks. I actually found a place that sells masks online. Okay. It's called the fake mask company. Right. And the masks are all made of this breathable material, but it mm-hmm. looks like you're wearing a mask. Right. <laughs> so, oh. so, and you can breathe through it. It's so open. You can breathe through it without, how you funny. know, and I thought, oh, that's a great idea. And I don't care yeah. how much they cost. I want one. <laughs> Does know? it affect when you're watching movies or television shows? Um, do you, are you affected by an actor or an actress and, and they're out? Like if an actress that you like in a show comes public and says, I'm going to cut off all of my friends and family who say they will not vaccinate. Anti-vaxxers are no longer part of my world. Um, and then, you know, announcing that would that affect your enjoyment of watching that individual in a program or movie? Probably so. Yeah. And, and I've wondered about that. The thing is that I, in order to enjoy the movies, you have to suspend right. reality, right? Yes. You just, you just, yeah. you just have to, you go into movie Unless theater. of course it's reality TV where yeah. we know that's all real. <laughs> Never rehearsed. Yeah. Or it's, or it's a, a, like a, a movie series like the Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something like that. And then oh, people oh, sit oh. around at Starbucks afterwards and argue about how horrible they treated this thing. But okay. you know, it's something, yeah. but the thing is, yeah, you just look at them they're actors they do a thing on screen yeah. right and right but at some you get to some point where they cross the crazy line yeah. and i'm like i just i i, yeah. I appreciate what they do but they've yeah. kind of they've kind of ruined it for me now you know because there are some i i found myself uh there are certain actors and actresses or shows that Ladonna likes mm. and so i don't tell her that the person that she likes as the character, you know, is really an imbecile, you know, yeah, and yeah. that I don't tell her that just because I don't want to ruin her enjoyment right. of whatever it is she's watching. And there is a, there is a line though. And, and I yeah. said, there is the line, I called it the crazy line, but the, yeah. there is a line that some will cross. And that line is, you think I'm an idiot, right? Because I don't agree with you. Right. Right. And well, and you publicly condemn me and everyone mm-hmm. else that sees the world the way I do because we don't right. agree with you. Okay. Well, you mm-hmm. just crossed the line where you yes. don't get any more of my money. Right. That's kind of what I was after. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, I remember Dolly Parton, you know, when um, she was, it was something they were doing to recognize the movie that she did with Jane Fonda and mm-hmm. Lily Tomlin. Right. And uh, nine know, to five. Was, yeah. Yeah. And Trump, you know, it was back when Trump was president and you know, Tomlin and uh, uh, Fonda both said something oh, real course, political, yeah. and Dolly yeah. didn't. She she didn't. She was on stage with them, but she didn't join in. You right. know, yeah. whatever. In the back, and yeah. And the thing is, is that you know, she was pointed out on numerous occasions. I'm an entertainer. I don't. I you know. Right. That's me. I don't. And I've always thought that was a wise thing from a purely business perspective. It's like, why would you, you know, do that? Other than, I mean, you have a right to do it, but really, once you start, you know, getting down that road, um, you, you're going to run into problems. Now, I mean, with what you and I do, it's a little bit different in that we are what we are publicly, you know, all the yeah. time. Yeah. It's not something we just pull out on Sundays and occasionally a Wednesday or a holiday, you know, yeah. but, yeah. you know, that's different than what we're talking about here. But I just wondered, you know, it's kind of curious if it does affect, because I know there are certain actors and actresses that I find really talented and i tend to enjoy their work mm-hmm. 
and then I, I know where they are politically and it bothers me because I think they've been so, um, deceived. Mm, yeah. And I'm true. thinking, I wonder if this individual would listen to the truth. You yeah. know, I wonder, yeah. and, but I just feel sorry for them. So it's like, who was it, it uh, that they just did this movie that's just been released? Was it Matt Damon? I think it was Matt Damon that did. Oh, and the F word. Uh, no, no, no. He did this movie. Um, I think it was Matt Damon. Anyway, yeah. he, uh, he goes someplace to hang out with the people in this community that it's about. It's like, he's a coal miner, a coal worker, and he goes and hangs out in a coal working community in the state where this movie is set. And he, re- he, he realizes these are all conservative people. Right. right. They're conservative people. They vote. Uh, they vote conservatively. Their whole sensibility mm-hmm. about life, everything political and everything, it's all very conservative. And he came away surprised right. that these actually were nice, decent, wonderful yes. people. And they treated him wonderfully. Right. And it didn't matter what he believed. They all they all just hey, well, it's fine. Just, mm-hmm. you know, come on and have some barbecue with us. Yeah. You know, and he was surprised. And I think that's what tells the biggest, saddest story. And th- that is that so many of these people who treat everybody else like they're an idiot mm-hmm. don't really know the people they're talking about or know anything about what they really think or believe. Right. It's just group think, lumping mm-hmm. them all together and saying, yeah. well, these people are idiots. Therefore, yeah, boom. Yeah. And, yeah. It just anyway. kills me. It kills me that if the, and this happens to me on a semi-regular basis because I still tend to be uh, politically uh, active commenting on things on social media. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, someone will go to the trouble of looking at my profile and seeing I live in Alabama. <laughs> right. And they say, Oh yeah, well, he's a, you know, yeah. I see, or he's a DJ from Alabama. You're going to think, what do you think about? And I'll usually respond something like, Oh yeah, well being a DJ isn't really, you know, uh, rocket science, but speaking of rocket science, you might want to call NASA and tell them to move out of Alabama. If we were so bad here, you know, <laughs> that's what I've told you before. I love my family and friends that live in other states yes. that I have a past history with. I just don't tell them how great Alabama is because I don't want them coming here and messing with it. Right. Know? LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Mac show. And uh, even though it's August, the weather in Alabama feeling a little bit weird. Oh, yeah. You know, just again, Mark was hugging a block of ice in his basement <laughs> a week and a half ago. And now it's like the pool's too cold to swim in because temperature at night's dropping down in the mid-60s. <laughs> like, yeah, here figure. we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I've always wondered about the uh, saving of a wedding cake thing. You mm, know, to yeah. like you what, save the top piece of it and put it in the freezer and right. you eat a bite of it on your one-year anniversary or something yeah, something like that yeah. never understood that because yeah. you would think if you were going to have that that somebody would be smart enough tupperware to make a you know <laughs> thing that would hold your cake the top part of your cake to put yeah. in because otherwise it's wrapped in foil mm-hmm. and it keeps getting shoved around you know yeah. as you add meat or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like it gets great free in a freezer burn and everything else and now you're celebrating your one-year anniversary and you're supposed to take a bite of this <laughs> Come on, man. Where's McGruff the crime dog? Because that's a crime. It looks like a lab experiment gone bad. Everybody yeah. have a piece. <laughs> but, uh, you know what would be the smart thing to do is buy hamburgers from McDonald's and make your cake. And then you just leave them sitting on the shelf. A year later, it looks the exact same. And you think you can eat it. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, one year's bad enough. How about 40? Okay. How about 40 years later? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking to spend some money on a single piece of 40-year-old cake, from somebody else's wedding now's your chance if it was the royal nuptials of prince charles and lady diana spencer you're in luck 
<laughs> a sliver of history is up for grabs courtesy of Dominic Winter Auctioneers. This large slice of cake, icing, and marzipan bases from one of the whopping 23 official cakes that were made wow. for this wedding back in 1981. Oh, come on. And it certainly looks the part with a sugared onlay of the royal coat of arms in gold, red, blue, and silver on top of a white icing base. There's also a sliver, uh, a silver sliver. <laughs> Nice, Mark. Horseshoe and a uh, decorative and decorative borders. After that, I'm glad you said horseshoe. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> a silver horseshoe and a decorative and decorative borders along the top and bottom. The slice likely came from the side of a cake or the top of a single tier cake. That's what the auction house says, and was probably sent to to Clarence House for the consumption of the Queen Mother's staff. So it's not even one of the main cakes. It's one of the one of the cakes they would have sent to the staff. Right okay. at the Queen Mother's place. It ended up in the possession of uh, Moira Smith, an employee of the Queen Mother, and was originally sold to the auction house in 2008 on behalf of Smith's family. It's been sitting in a plastic-wrapped cake tin ever since. Uh, the website hmm. says it appears to be in exactly the same good condition as when originally sold, but we advise against eating it. You think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, for unfortunately the royal letter and bottle of commemorative beer that accompany the lot are not included but it does come with printed programs for the saint paul's cathedral ceremony as well as a program for a royal wedding breakfast at buckingham palace um hmm. they think it's going to fetch more than 400 bucks wow 400 dollars for a slicing wow cake. yeah somebody who would buy that how do they even come up with 400 dollars, mark i'm curious now <laughs> But I am seriously thinking about baking a cake, <laughs> you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. It is a, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, I'm guessing, because I do not have any plans to go outside for a while, Mark. <laughs> the, uh, you know. I, don't, I don't blame you at all. Well. You look at this and the weather is so confusing, you know, mm. I, I actually, you know, the weather is here. I wish you were beautiful. That's what it <laughs> kind of seems because you never know. I mean, we've got in Alabama where we live, um, we normally expect temperatures to be in the mid nineties this time of year mm -hmm. with a chance of an afternoon thunderstorm. Yeah. But instead, and I'm not complaining that the high today in our area is going to be around 87, 88 degrees, you mm. know, about <laughs> not, several degrees lower than what is normal for this time of year. Not even that high. 82. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so I got to go get my sweater is what no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we keep our house called LaDonna, yeah. you know, when uh, here, you know, those funny things they don't tell you when you're growing up, but when LaDonna, before LaDonna and I got married, she was one of those girls that was always cold. I'm mm. freezing. I'm free. I'm so cold, you know, <laughs> yeah. having to turn the heat up. And I, I remember going to her office one day and I opened the front door and the heat hit me. I'm like, ah, how do you, how do you work in this? You know? And it's like her and this other girl, it's like, they, and bless their heart. They had a guy and uh, he was a chubby fella. Um, I, he probably pulled, you know, three and a half, four, you know, Ooh, he, my. yeah. And about five ten. So he was the round mound of hoedown. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. And this poor fella, I would go in there thinking he's either having a heart attack or just worked out one of the two. Cause oh. he would just be dripping sweat, man. Oh. And it's like, no, it's cause they kept the heat on. Well, thankfully when we, we got married and, uh, LaDonna, you know, got pregnant fairly soon and it changed her, her 
physical hmm. it changed all of yeah. a sudden she went from freezing all the time to being hot all the time wow yeah and so for the last decades of my life i've learned that you know what if you're cold grab a sweater because <laughs> it's just indoor at the mac household you know yeah, yeah. um you know how some people will like they'll go outside during the summer and see if they can you know fry a, an egg yeah. on the sidewalk. Right. Ah, we kind of do the reverse of that with water on the counter <laughs> just to see if it'll freeze overnight. You know, it's like the, when the refrigerator goes out, it's like how can you tell? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But anyway, so oh, man. when I see the temperatures like we have, where it is a little weird, and for this time of year, I have to wonder: Are we going to get that feeling of fall? Mm. I mean, are we going to yeah. have that? Because sometimes that happens, and it's a really cool thing. You I know? love that. Yeah, but, that first yeah, cold, that first cold snap. You know, yeah. you, oh man, there's just something mm. about the feeling in the air. You want to go sit in stands at a ball, <laughs> a high school uh, baseball field, or a softball field, or a football field, or he- hello sports field, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, go sports, Mark. That's, go that's sports. It. You're talking about uh, keeping a, a place cold. Working in the broadcast industry, we're kind of used to going to work and it being cold because. They got to keep things cold for the, you know, equi- at least in the older right. days, they had to keep things cold for the equipment. Yeah. I, not so much anymore. Everything is smaller and <laughs> runs better. But there was a time when, you know, they would put the thermostat for your air studio someplace else because uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't want the jocks messing with the thermostat. And I remember working in one place where they finally put a, uh, they put a, a lock box on the thermostat mm-hmm. and put a, a card above it that said, I said, if you touch this thermostat, look for another job. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all had that cold. at your church because churches have that too, where they have a thermostat on the wall and you always got somebody in the choir reaching around bumping. Uh, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's, I, there we, are 600 people in here and you're changing the thermostat for you. Yep. One really? Of the, one of the ladies in the choir would get, would get uncomfortable. She'd get hot or cold and she'd nudge somebody and it would kind of run down the row until somebody finally turned around and grabbed the, the thing on the thermostat and changed it to make this one person comfortable and uh eventually they just disconnected that one (laughs) they thought they were changing it but they weren't doing anything (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because she was always so happy then it was like yeah oh that's better yeah that's Uh, a lot better (laughs) yeah it was on 68 now it's on 72 but you feel better right Mm -hmm. okay good yay go go sports (laughs) i worked at a station one time where we finally did put a metal lock box on the thermostat in the air studio because the overnight guy back when we had overnight guys (laughs) wow you know that's how long ago it was he was a dinosaur but the when he kept turning on the heat because he was cold in the studio and the guy in the morning would come in and the studio was hot and he'd ramp the he turned on the air and crank it all the way down and then by the time i got there to do afternoons the air conditioning system was a block of ice you know how they'll freeze up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the whole place was hot and so we finally uh we finally put a lock box on the thermostat and that guy went ballistic. He went crazy. Really? Yeah, he was not happy. Not Those happy overnight cats in radio did have a very thin line they were holding on to anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember the discussion I, in the hallway. Um, I passed by the owner of the radio station and the GM, and the GM is telling him, yeah, so-and-so just got arrested. And the owner looked at him <laughs> and said, well, that solves your problem. It was the overnight guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's sad is that that's not every radio guy that's been in radio for any length of time knows that conversation. Yes. Is he at county? Is he city? Yeah. You know. (laughs) 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show where when a headline screams, man barricaded himself in treehouse, you have to wonder, was he a radio guy? (laughs) (laughs) A Pennsylvania man's facing charges after police say he barricaded himself in a treehouse after assaulting an elderly man and setting fire to a home. 20-year-old Joseph Alton Hawk of uh, of Kittening was charged with arson and assaulted assault-related charges after an incident um, in, uh, in North Buffalo Township. The Pennsylvania State Police responded to a call on Saturday, shortly before 1 p.m., where it was reported that Hawk assaulted an 82-year-old man. While police were responding, it was also learned that Hawk allegedly set fire to the home and ran off. Multiple police agencies, including state police, local departments, canine officers, helicopters, searched wow. the area but could not find him. Satellites were linking up in space. Mm-hmm. Police again responded to the home. Caught the dater. The police again responded to the home on Sunday at seven ten a.m. after reports that Hawk was seen there. When they arrived, they found Hawk barricaded by himself in a treehouse. He eventually surrendered without incident and was arrested. And uh, he was arraigned and is currently in the Armstrong County Jail on a hundred and fifty thousand dollars bond. Beginning to wonder if Hawk <laughs> thought he was invisible to everybody. You know, <laughs> no, they can't see me. I'm here in a treehouse. No. How do you barricade yourself in a treehouse? You pull the rope ladder up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show where when a headline screams man barricaded himself in treehouse you have to wonder was he a radio guy (laughs) (laughs) a pennsylvania man's facing charges after police say he barricaded himself in a treehouse after assaulting an elderly man and setting fire to a home 20 year old joseph alton hawk of uh of kittening was charged with arson and assaulted assault-related charges after an incident um, in, uh, in North Buffalo Township. The Pennsylvania State Police responded to a call on Saturday, shortly before 1 p.m., where it was reported that Hawk assaulted an 82-year-old man. While police were responding, it was also learned that Hawk allegedly set fire to the home and ran off. Multiple police agencies, including state police, local departments, canine officers, helicopters, searched the area but could not find him. Satellites were linking up in space. Mm -hmm. Police again responded to the home. (laughs) 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 Caught the dater. (laughs) (laughs) Police again responded to the home on Sunday at 7, 10 a.m. after reports that Hawk was seen there. When they arrived, they found Hawk barricaded by himself in a treehouse. He eventually surrendered without incident and was arrested and uh, he was arraigned and is currently in the armstrong county jail on a hundred and fifty thousand dollars bond beginning to wonder if hawk <laughs> thought he was invisible to everybody you know <laughs> no they can't see me i'm here in a treehouse no. how do you barricade yourself in a treehouse you pull the rope ladder up <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show and we appreciate you joining us mark a couple of minutes ago when we were talking about the guy that barricaded himself in a treehouse yeah and i mentioned was he an old radio guy because there was a guy <laughs> you know radio dudes use uh, fake names yeah and uh, a lot of the time not all i mean how many guys do you hear mark congleton right you know, yeah. congleman congleton <laughs> anyway 
So thank you. I had this guy that was working for me and he was a, you know what? He was a, a, a talented on air person. Uh, he was able to read a liner like nobody's business, man, mm. but had a great set of pipes, you know, and, yeah. um, but there was something just a little off and I kept thinking, I got to know more about this guy. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. It's like, yeah. there's just something. How can I get this? He's very talented and I know what I'm paying him. How is this even possible? He yeah. shouldn't be working for this. And, um, one day we got talking. I thought I'm going to pull some info out of him, you know? And he proudly showed me his, uh, his ID from where he graduated from clown school. And he had the ID for egghead. Had his picture, his clown name, all that right there. Okay. He had gone through Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus Clown School. Okay. What's sad? That wasn't the thing that was wrong with him. It was one of them, but it wasn't the thing, okay? Okay. Because normally, you know, because he, he, at the radio station, he wasn't clown guy. He was able to, he was able to keep it at bay. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he was, and, and which is why I didn't know. I mean, I knew there was something wrong, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And finally, after I had to cut him loose, and I can't even remember the reason, but it was, you know, to get fired from a radio station when you're paying a guy what amounts to a dollar an hour. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's got to be pretty egregious. And so he gets canned. And it's only then that I find out that he's nuts. Okay. He is. He's fifth floor nuts. <laughs> and when I go to fire him, they're like, hey, man, before you actually hand him this, you need to go ahead. And we had one of our part timers again before computers took over. Mm. You had part timers. Yeah. And one of our guys was a sheriff's deputy. Mm-hmm. and I can't remember his name, but Billy Joe. We Call Billy Joe and have him here before you cut him loose, man, <laughs> because you, you'll you need to have that. Yeah. Um, we've heard stories, right? Mm-hmm. So I do. I call him. Hey, can you be here, you know, just in case? Mm-hmm. Now, he thought, this sheriff's deputy, he thought I was calling him in to offer him a full-time gig, right? <laughs> Which is, you know, he was just dying to quit the sheriff's department to become a full-time radio guy. Oh. Didn't have the heart to tell him he sucked. He was not. He wasn't good enough to be part time. Yeah. But he was the sheriff's deputy. I thought it was good to have a guy like that on <laughs> payroll. You know. <laughs> so I bring him in and tell him, you know, what's going on. And uh, so he, he, boy, Barney pulls out the bullet. Man, he was making sure he was loaded and ready for bear. Oh my! And oh. it was then while I'm while while we're getting this gentleman escorted out of the building that I'm informed. Hey, it was a good thing you called us. Really? Well, the last time he got fired, he climbed a tower and with a, a case of beer and started throwing beer bottles at the cops below. Oh, oh, no. And uh, that's when I found out his real name. Oh, no. And I remembered this is the guy that he had gone to jail over this. I mean, so when you talk about a treehouse and this guy climbed the tower, man, and you know, That's climbing a crazy. tower is no easy feat. No. He did it without safety gear, oh. carrying a case of beer oh. and drinking it and throwing the empties at cops That's that were below nuts. And I will tell you, Mark, I did wonder, and I don't know that I said it out loud, but like, why are we all gathered here at the bottom? There only <laughs> needs to be one witness, you know? I mean, <laughs> is because. He's either going to come down, at which point we can arrest him, you can, 
or he's going to fall, in which case, again, we'll just pick up the remains. It's like, why are we all here looking at this? Oh, Radio is a weird place, man. It really is strange. You know, computers have taken over a lot of it, and I think some of it is probably Mm. good, you know? But you do miss those characters. This is why we joke uh, sometimes, and now you know we actually aren't really joking when we say we're just kind of a notch above the clowns. Oh, yeah, barely. (laughs) And only some. Only some. On the the entertainment totem pole, right now, we are are just above the really bad magicians that do six-year-old birthday parties listen i i happen to have a friend who is a professional clown and he's doing quite well thank you (laughs) so i can't make fun of clowns very often but when somebody (laughs) has been to clown school and and has climbed a tower and thrown his empties at the cops he qualifies (laughs) yeah yeah liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show kind of having a reminiscent day uh, you know talking about well the history of radio because mark has been in radio since three days after marconi you know invented he said this is a long time this is the spark gap yeah and if you know what that is well there you go yes but we've both been in it a long time we both but when mark and i both started in radio um, we used turntables and records. Yeah. And, uh, there were, if, for those of you old enough to remember an eight track cart, you know, that you used yeah. to have in your car. Yeah. Um, in radio, we used a thing called a four track cart. It was the similar size yeah. of the old eight track, but they were limited in how much tape was on there. So they would right. hold like a 30 second commercial or a 60. Mm-hmm. And if you were at a really big station, well, they had music on cart yeah. and that was, you know, cause yeah. you didn't have the rage, the, the needle burn. Right, began from and, 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 and one song would would start another. That was awesome yes. too. Oh, tripping automatically. Yeah, yeah. automatic yeah. cues. That was great. Wow. Yeah, the, yeah. You learn all that, man. I forgot all about the tertiary cues and yep. stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, we both been doing this a long time, <laughs> and I was at a radio station. Top. It was Mark. This was at the radio station where I first met Rusty Mace. Okay, bless your heart. That's how. That's how long this goes back, and. We actually had, because nobody was making any money, okay? Yeah. And I was telling you this. When you, you really want to get the dregs, man, a top 40 radio station at the beach, okay? <laughs> a top 40 station at the beach, you're going to find just the best of the best, man. You yeah. know? Yeah, right. The, you've got people from, and again, back then, back in the day, you didn't have to have all the, like, now, when somebody has a fake ID or whatever, you know, you run it up the flagpole and it kicks it back out, you know, mm-hmm. like if you try to qualify for insurance and yeah. you don't have the right stuff and it'll yeah. kick you out saying you're not approved. Kind of like if you remember, um, uh, it happened with Barack Obama in 2000, you know, whatever, when he was trying to do the Obamacare thing. Remember? Because mm. they'll kick out a fake ID now. Yeah. And so back, back then, not so much. You just kind of wrote numbers down and that was it. Well, we had... um like a backup CD player, you know, cause everything was on CD then. Yeah. And these were, they're commercial grade. They're not like you would buy off the shelf at, no, you know, yeah. back yeah. then circuit city they're or very, whatever. They're very different and very yeah. costly. Yeah. Yes. And because nobody made much money, a lot of times they would, the DJs made extra money by playing private parties on the weekend, which meant you had to have carry the CD players and whatever. Well, because it happened at night on the weekend, 
there was no management or ownership there in the building. So dudes would just come in and take stuff out of the studio. I mean, oh, no. they would. Yes. You come in there on a Saturday morning to try to do something. It was like the production room was gone. You know, it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, the equipment was gone. Somebody used it for a gig the night before. And, and, and that's and just as an explanation. Radio stations have the studio where the guys sit actually doing the shows live. And then usually right next door to it, unless there's a new studio there, there is a room where they produce commercials while other right. people are on this. So you have to have more than one studio. Usually. And that's called a production room. Exactly. Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> we had some equipment that, that didn't get returned. Okay. And bottom line, it, it went like, you're not in trouble. Just bring it back. Okay. We started with that. Then it was, well, we need to have this cause it's like a $1,500 piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. So we posted a memo. We understand. Okay. This is, we're not firing anybody. We just need the equipment back. So <laughs> all, all you have to do is slip it in the back door. No questions asked. We just need the equipment back. <laughs> this went on for two weeks. Oh man. We had to have this. So finally it was the last day. It was okay. New memo. If it is not returned by whatever time we're calling the police and they are going to investigate. All right. I thought that would do it. I did. It didn't. So the next day we had, we didn't tell anybody what day or anything else. We'd already arranged it because, you know, wanted to catch somebody off guard. Right. Bottom line, yeah. Mark, there were three people on staff wanted around the country they had all jumped bail or whatever and these were some of the nicest people i knew and i'm like you they they were all at work that morning right and mm-hmm. we, the cops came in they put because they knew that people could take off and run so they sat one of the deputies in the uh, foyer in the uh, foyer you know wow. sitting there to block the door so nobody could leave mm. put another one by the back door so nobody could leave <laughs> and everybody was there trapped we're going to find out who stole cuz it's a felony you know yeah <laughs> 3 employees oh. were using fake socials fake everything oh. one was a wall from the Marine Corps. Wow. Yeah. And it was she was female was one of the most talented people I'd ever known. Wow. And she's a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy and this is the other part, one of the guys that actually was busted that day had actually been charged with trying to blow up a radio station that fired him. Woo! Uh, which because you're dealing with the uh, radio station it's a federal thing. Yeah. Uh so he was, you know, and again, Three people in there with fel- with felony warrants. And, oh, my goodness. It was. And so the thing is, the one guy who had a, the, the smallest warrant, right? The, the guy who would have gotten, they would have probably just slapped him on the wrist. Mm. He was the guy that actually had the equipment. And I, I didn't think he had it. Wow. We, they went and they were like, well, we're going to check everybody's car now, you know? Yeah. And this guy had everything. He had things we didn't know were missing, you know? Wow. And his car was just, the trunk was packed up. Unbelievable. Wow. And then we found out from his roommate later on when he was in jail, um, his roommate called and said, hey, um, do you guys want to come out here and pick up some of your stuff? And we we're like, what stuff? It, he was using banners as wallpaper, you know, from the radio station. Had our logo and everything. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. man. It was crazy. And the thing is, the guy goes to jail and ends up getting three hots in a cot, and they fixed his teeth. And when he finally got out of there, it was like, you know, <laughs> I'm not kidding, though. But here's the other, the other side of that, okay? The, the day this happened or whatever, 
You lose three full-time employees out of your radio station. Wow. Midday, mm. afternoon, and nights. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. So there you go. That was what we lost in I, one day. I guess it kind of makes sense in a business where you nobody, virtually, virtually nobody uses their real name. Yeah. On the air. You just kind of, what, what can I do? What can, I got to get a job. So I don't yeah. want anybody to know who I am. <gasps> Radio. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Hide in plain sight, buddy. Yep. Oh my God. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh you know mark i believe the uh, humidity is down a little bit today mm-hmm. it does have that fall feel to it a little bit yeah don't get used to it though it's still early august <laughs> you know we got plenty of time oh you know? yeah there's still plenty of time to sweat <laughs> oh yeah plenty of time but you know mark the olympics has had a lot of attention worldwide mm-hmm. for various reasons and I uh, thought it was fascinating when uh, one of our American uh, female wrestlers won gold and she was asked, uh, you know, by one of the reporters about, you know, representing the U.S. And she just went on about how proud she was to represent the United States and how thankful she is. Yeah. And, you know, I found that that was fascinating that that was the headline because so many of um, our entitled elitist millennials, you know, that are competing mm-hmm. don't realize how good they have it. Yeah. Uh, including the fact that they can protest their own country without fear of reprisal when yeah. they come home. Yeah. And that's the one thing that so many athletes that are at the Olympics and uh, are living in countries that are not as we are, they know if they open their mouth in a negative way, they better have a good exit strategy. Yeah. Because they're, True. you know, and, and that's the part I think that I really want people to understand is that while I don't agree with, you know, a lot of protests that take place, it's, it's the freedom that, you know, I'm proud of that you have that, you know, freedom to be an idiot, you know, if if you want to be that way, you have that, but realize that it's the very freedom that you have allowing you to do that. And it's like, so what have you done? Mm. You know, you're protesting, whatever, what have you done to improve that lot in life? Because we all know, I think to be an Olympic caliber athlete, your life has to be dedicated to that sport or whatever. Right. Um, you don't really have much of an external life beyond that. And so making a cross with your arms after you mm-hmm. win or a fist yeah. in the air, what are you, what are you doing to make a difference? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what bothers me is there's none of it is the millennial hypocrisy is crazy. It is. It and is. they're learning it from some of the biggest and the best. When you, yeah. you know, look at our leaders, um, like, Nancy Pelosi the other day, you know, she's got this mask mandate. And of course, you know, she sits down at a meeting and doesn't have a mask on. Right. Yeah. You're like, but you want everybody else arrested? Yep. Yeah. How is this? She makes that know, declaration and then three mm-hmm. times in the next day or so yeah. they find her without a mask. Right. Just, Which yeah. again, yeah. you know, it is, it's just, we're living in a weird time, you yeah. know? And yeah. I think that as, as Christians, we have to stay focused on first things first, our own mm-hmm. home, you know? Yeah. And then beyond that, but we, you can get caught up in it, you know, sure you can. With, yeah. and it's a tough, uh, it's a tough road to go down when you start looking at, uh, like I said, the Olympic protests yeah. have, uh, what I always, thought, I thought it was kind of interesting that the Olympic committee ahead of the Olympics said that you would be penalized. You would be, you would be punished in some way for protesting on the, uh, 
you know, when they, and it, for reason, I don't know why the word slips out of my head, my head, but where they stand up and they're, you know, the, the whole ser- on the podium, when they're standing on the podium, first, second, and third, they're all wearing their medals. The music is playing all that stuff. You protest at that point, then you will be, you will be punished in some way. You will be penalized, mm-hmm. you know, right. It, something will yeah. be taken away from you. But after that happens, while you're still standing there and the press is all shooting pictures during the photo ops, you can protest. Right. I thought that was really, so they really didn't take anything away from them except when they could do it. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, and most people, I was surprised when I read that because for weeks I'm like, oh, well, good. They did a good thing. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep these. What? Yeah. (laughs) I found it more humorous that some of the ones who, uh, who made the Olympic team, you know, and, uh, uh, said they were going to protest or whatever. And, you know, the thing is, if you're going to have a protest on an international stage, you Mm -hmm. have to meddle. And, uh, yes. one of the big anthem protesters <laughs> was Gwen Berry. She uh-huh, fails yeah. to medal at the Olympics. Yep. And, uh, anyway, it just, I think when I saw the wrestler yesterday and, uh, you know, she won and she wrapped herself in the American flag, yeah. and, you know, I, I was thinking that again, the very freedom that this country has to allow you to protest, to really talk about our country in an open way and the things that you see as bad. Mm. Um, I just find it fascinating that you're protesting that way. in, in reality, you know, you're you're actually you're showing the rest of the world what we get to do here right and i'm telling you that's pretty appealing to somebody who realizes if they open their mouth in a bad way they're going to a jail um Mm. if if they make it that far you know and people from those countries are finding ways to get here they're coming here but nobody like you sitting in your coffee shop at your macbook and you're using your iphone which are both products of capitalism objecting to capitalism online and then going and competing and raising a fist at the end at the end right when you get your medal you're not mad you're not trying to go anywhere right you're you're just complaining about where you are and what does that make you a whiner yeah (laughs) we're doug and wendy whiner (laughs) life radio.fm the mark and max show you know we were talking about the olympics a minute ago and uh i see this story headline russian traffic officer and (laughs) all i can think of is well the Russia was banned from the Olympic Games or whatever, For but a while, yeah. you got the Russian Olympic Committee, whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, raking up the medals. They're taking home some serious medal yep. uh, from from the Tokyo Olympics. But anyway, so we got a Russian traffic <laughs> officer. So old, I remember the I remember the the sportscasters. Oh, and the Russian judge scores low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but okay. The nineteen seventy two men's basketball Olympic Games <laughs> yes. when. Uh, the Americans win, and then the you know the Russians have like a twenty second, one second shot and mm. win. You know mm-hmm. that was crazy. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But wait a minute, Olga Corbett. Yes. Remember her? Yes. Wow. The seventy two Olympics. Mm-hmm. I do. Man. Yep. Sorry. A lot of great. There, there, are a lot, there are a lot of great Olympic ministries. Uh, mi- uh, Olympic memories. Where yeah. did that come from? And then, mm. oddly enough, today, so few people are watching the Olympics. Right. If somebody says to you, hey, did you see so-and-so do this, that? And you all you can do is uh. nod and say, wow, that was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> no, happened, I, to me, happened to me at uh, lunch yesterday. <laughs> like the majority of people in the United States of America, I'm not watching these infantile <laughs> yeah. children. No, yeah. I was. I had the family gathered around watching SpongeBob reruns. Um, yes, because that was a lot more in, you know. <laughs> all right, a police colonel. By the name of Alexei Sefonoy, 
and six other people were arrested by Russia's investigative committee in the southern region of Stavropol. Officials released footage of, of the uh, Sanofoy's mansion, its lavish rooms, extravagant decorations, a billiards hall. It even had a golden toilet. This guy's believed to have had led a criminal gang, which issued permits to grain cargo transporters in exchange for bribes. The permits allowed the transporters to ignore regional laws, even when crossing police checkpoints. The investigative committee of Russia, which is it's it's kind of like the FBI here in the U.S., mm-hmm. said the group received bribes worth over two hundred and sixty thousand dollars U.S. Huh. Among the gang members arrested were a former senior traffic officer, a traffic inspector, mm-hmm. and four civilians. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to imagine what a Russian mansion looks like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's got a billiards hall and a golden toilet, you know. Good grief. Yeah. Does he run a ministry on television in <laughs> Russia? You know, I mean. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And Mark, we have been uh, deeply remiss in our duty indeed today. Yeah. Uh, there have not been enough stories about animals no and animal stories so i'm looking at a couple right here airborne turtle survives crash yep. and at the florida zoo a man is injured by a jag so yeah yep. let's roll the dice pull them out and let's see if we can't find a baby possum somewhere <laughs> first in the up the turtle emergency responders in florida say they were summoned to an unusual scene where an airborne turtle crashed through a driver's windshield and it survived. The St. Lucie County Fire District said in a Facebook post that police and firefighters responded to the Florida Turnpike in northern St. Lucie County on a report of a turtle crashing through a driver's windshield. The fire district said the turtle had apparently been struck by a semi-truck on the highway and sent flying into the other vehicle's windshield. The fire district said both driver and turtle were unharmed. The turtle was released safely. Wow. (laughs) Wow. For that brief moment, the turtle's thinking, I'm flying! Oh! <laughs> Man. This just sounds like some kind of uh, a Disney movie, you know? It does. Wow. Turtle, man. Thank goodness nobody was hurt. Unlike yeah, really. The, unlike the man in Florida at the Florida Zoo who was injured by a jaguar after he climbed over a barrier and he moved too close to the animal's enclosure. So say the officials there. The attack occurred at the range of the jaguar display at the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens. <laughs> and the man was hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. The man climbed over a waist-high safety barrier that puts about four feet of empty space between visitors and the Jaguar exhibit's fence. Here's your sign. The man began <laughs> began taunting the Jaguar and reached his hand through the fence. The 12-year-old big cat named Harry <laughs> swiped at the guy and injured him. Uh, they say the, uh, the, the cat was acting as part of his normal behavior for a wild animal. Didn't expect anything to happen to him. Uh, officials confirmed that Harry was involved in a fight that left another jar, uh, Jaguar dead earlier this year. <laughs> I think the guy got off easy. Zoo officials wow. said they don't plan to pursue criminal charges against the injured man whose name wasn't released. <laughs> Probably because they, they looked at him and thought, well, that's enough, you <laughs> you idiot. You know? <laughs> wow. That just, dude, really. I, 
you just have to wonder what are people thinking yeah and it's not just this guy we get stories at least once a month where somebody has done something really dumb like this you know and it boggles the mind it's like do you not know that there are uh, (laughs) there's a there's a fence you're at a zoo they're wild animals i mean here's your sign (laughs) yeah i i think if you're gonna hop in there you can become their dinner Mm -hmm. you know I don't see the need to rescue you. I just don't because maybe they're doing us a favor. They're thinning our herd, you know? (laughs) LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. And Mark, as we wind down today, a couple of quick stories that uh, they're they're those short little blurbs you sent yesterday that just have that weird like road rage (laughs) increases during the summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's hot. Yeah. Um, it's hot and um you know do we need another reason to figure out why this is happening well yeah according to um statistics and a study this is what gets me is there was a study right right (laughs) a study of aggressive driving habits finds that road rage road rage increases dramatically during the summer months triple a says sunny days, Friday afternoon peak hours, and moderately congested traffic all contribute to push anxious drivers into a rage. The study found that one in four ra- uh, road rage incidents occurs during the 4 to 6 p.m. afternoon rush. Just more than two-thirds of road rage incidents occur on sunny days. So, yeah, it's a hot day. You're hot. You're in your car. You're in traffic. You're hot. Oh, it took a study. Your sign. Here's your sign. <laughs> Where's Tater? <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> back at the ranch, In- police nab cereal potted plant thieves. This is, this is Mark, one of those. What? <laughs> the idea that you have cereal. I'm, I'm picturing the, the detectives. They're all gathered around. Yeah. And you've got, you know, we got still have crack houses. We got this blue meth. We got mm-hmm. all this other stuff going on. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. The boss says, solve the problem of the cereal potted plant thief. In China, a couple of amateur gardeners decided the best way to quickly grow their plant and flower gardens was to steal. So the suspects stole potted plants from restaurants and community buildings. In all, they stole more than 100 potted plants and flowers before they were caught. Hmm. So amateur gardeners are also amateur thieves and they thought it was wise to steal. Yes. Potted. I, yeah, Mark again of all the things to worry about. Is this, you know, is it going to the top? I, I don't know, but I mean, they, I guess they decided since they didn't have green thumbs, they'd go. They'd have sticky yeah. fingers. Wow. Oh, no. You're welcome. I'll be here Mark, until it's time we've to got another Home Alone sequel. I think it's number 315. <laughs> From the wet bandits, the sticky bandit, the green thumb, dirty bandit. There you go. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings. Only on LifeRadio.fm.